What to Know podcast explores best practices, innovation, and latest trends with industry experts with an eye toward helping you, the listener, stay ahead of the ever-changing marketing and communications landscape. Good afternoon. This is Aaron Strout, CMO of Real Chemistry and host of the What to Know podcast show. And as always, I have another interesting guest to bring to you today. Her name is Latanya Davis. I actually met her through South by Southwest. We hosted some uh, virtual events a few weeks back. She attended and really enjoyed it and reached out. So while South by Southwest usually is a great place in person to meet people, this year it allowed me to meet Latanya, even if it was virtually. And once she told me her story, I thought I, I have to have you on the show. Just a little bit about her. She's a four-year triple negative breast cancer survivor who lost both her mother and sister to cancer, breast cancer. She is a former collegiate athlete, a sprinter, which speaks a little bit to her spirit. You'll learn more about that. And she's really combined that and some of her advocacy efforts uh, to help underserved communities you know, in the oncology space. One thing we did not touch on in our interview that I did promise that I would mention up front is she has launched a mobile mammogram tour that she's bringing into cities where people can't necessarily get to the doctor's office, particularly during COVID. And it's an amazing component of what she does. Uh, we did spend some time focusing on the Breast Talk Ever podcast show, which she does. Um, so you'll really enjoy hearing more about the creation of that and how she so thoughtfully brought it to, to bear. We also touched on yesterday's news, which you'll hear a little bit later, probably a couple of weeks after, but uh, the, the Derek Chauvin verdict came down uh, for the murder of George Floyd and just what her reaction and impact that has been on her and some of her community. And then we cover some of our traditional questions. So with that, I am going to say, sit back, relax, and get ready to meet LaTanya. She's an amazing person. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome, LaTanya. I am really excited to have this chat with you. We had the luxury of having a pre-chat a few weeks ago. And I think everyone who's listening in is just going to love our conversation because you are such an amazing person. People will figure that out as we go along. And it's also always nice when you can talk to a fellow podcaster. I feel like there's just sort of this un, these unwritten rules that happen and it makes it easier when um, you, you both have sat in front of the mic before. So I want to start, and this is where I usually start with people, is talking a little bit about their background. And your background has actually played a huge role, probably more so than other people, uh, in terms of who you are and what you're doing and putting out into the world. So we'll go through a few of the different layers of that. But I think for those listening in, uh, we have a lot of clients and partners and, and people that care about healthcare, and certainly oncology and breast cancer are a big part of that. Uh, you are a four-year triple negative breast cancer survivor who not only went through that yourself, but you lost your mother to, I'm going to make sure that I say this right, metastatic TNBC while you were in graduate school. And then your only sister to the same disease six short months prior to your diagnosis in November, 2016. So first of all, my heart goes out to you, you know, Latanya, because I just lost my dad recently, as we talked about, and I can only imagine how hard that was. And then just to throw one more layer on there, and this speaks to the good person that you are, you're raising your, your only sister's son, Jaden, who's a musician that will factor into our later conversation. But let's talk a little bit about what this journey has been like for you. Obviously it's been a hard one, but you are someone that you've got a smile on your face and you have so much energy and just good sort of mojo around you. Clearly you have not let 
these things that would normally probably devastate most people stop you from putting good out into the world. So tell us about that. So, yeah. So first I'll say thank you for allowing me to be here. I am so blessed and grateful. And it just happens to be that our, our interview is actually the day after the George Floyd verdict. So I'm still on a bit of an emotional um, high of it, which I'm sure you can understand, but Yes, I actually am a four-year triple negative breast cancer survivor, and I know the word metastatic is sometimes hard to to pronounce, but I actually, to be totally honest, I hadn't actually never heard of the word metastatic until I became a breast cancer survivor and really became active in the space because, you know, the language that I grew up often hearing, even my sister and my mother was just, you're a breast cancer survivor. But metastatic, of course, is um, once the disease returns after the initial diagnosis, and it's it's of course you know classified as metastatic, and it is of course a more advanced stage. So yes, I am um, that person that you described briefly in the intro, in the intro, not the intro, and um, I'm raising my my raising my sister's amazing son, my nephew son, as I call him, and. You know, if you had told me years ago that this would be the place that I would be in, I I would have just been like, there's no way. There's no way that I'm going to lose my mother while in graduate school. And then my sister, who, of course, you know, she and I were the keeper of all the, the history and the memories. And, you know, one of the things I don't know if I mentioned to you, but my sister's husband died four years before her death. So... It's just been crazy. And then to, you know, to go to literally to hold my sister's hands as she took her last breath and to tell her that I'm going to take good care of Jaden. You know, it's I get choked up every time I say it, but it has just really been a big blur. And, you know, like my corporate background informs everything. Honestly, the fact that I'm a, a former collegiate sprinter and I ran track all my life that's what really helped me get through my breast cancer race as I, you know, have and still refer to it as, because it's that tenacity, you know, when you're a track athlete, of course you're part of a team, but team track is also a very individual sport because, you know, everything you do is really, you know, of course your teammates are relying on you when it's time for the championships and what have you, but the work that goes into, um, a sprinter or, or just a track athlete in general. We always say like our sport makes everybody else's sports. You gotta, you got, you've gotta be well conditioned and um, fast to, to participate in a lot of sports. But it really has been that I will not lose um, drive in me that has allowed me to wake up every day. Honestly, since I lost my mother, to to uh, do what I need to do to be an amazing um, citizen in this world. And now, of course, to raise my nephew to be an amazing citizen in this world. Well, thank you for sharing that. And again, my heart goes out and I've shared a little bit of that similar pain, not to the degree you have, but um, it's, I think, until you lose a sibling or parent, it's it's hard to say, you know, probably worse even if you lose a child, but um, it, it really does seem to have informed you. And I do want to bring this up because you brought it up and this was yesterday. And even though people will be listening to this sometime uh, in, in the weeks after, I do want to touch on the Derek Chauvin verdict. I personally could not have been happier. And I hate to say that when, you know, it's someone being found guilty of murder, but 
I felt like it was a small spark of justice being served and what was really necessary. But I also happened to be a white male, and I will acknowledge my privilege in that regard. And I would love to just get your take um, as someone that cares deeply about community, particularly the underserved communities, what that really meant to you. And, and I'm sure you're still processing it because it's not even 24 hours later, but knowing how horrendous that footage was watching George Floyd be murdered, you know, at the hands of Derek Chauvin and the other police officers, and now having a year later, which probably was way too long, seeing justice being served where fingers crossed the sentencing matches, you know, what the, the three verdicts were, but give us a little bit more about, you know, where your head is at and what this means to you. And does this feel like you can feel a little bit more hopeful that things are starting to turn around and improve or more of the same and maybe not so much. Well, you know, interestingly enough, I, I actually run every day, like five days a week, I should say. And I was actually on the track yesterday. And one of my best friends, she's a journalist and you know, she writes for the New York Times and, you know, I always tell them like, you never have time for me. So we were actually planning some girl time together. And she said, you know, it's honestly going <laughs> to depend on the verdict. And we both talked about um, if the jury took a long time to deliberate, what that could or could not mean. So I remember I, I got, you know, we were talking and I told her, I'm like, thank you for calling me because you gave me a break, <laughs> a little time to recover from the mile that I was running. And we had that conversation and I remember just, just the heaviness of it. And I'm thinking about his family, thinking about the young lady that actually recorded everything. Thank God she was recording. And yesterday um, I was actually, I'd taken my nephew um, in Coral Gables. I live on Miami beach, but we went to Coral Gables to one of my favorite bookstores. And so I got a text from her. And it said the verdict is in and my heart just dropped. Like I, my heart dropped. I got really, really anxious. It's almost like I was having an anxiety attack because so many times before, you know, I've gotten not necessarily text, but I knew that the verdict was in and it, it didn't turn out the way that it turned out yesterday. So I think I had to wait like another hour. So, and I literally, it, it was probably like another hour before the verdict actually came and my nephew and I were sitting at a light and I'll never forget this day. You know how they say, where were you? We were literally sitting at a light at the intersection of bird road and Ponce de Leon. And there was actually a car next to us and it was an African-American um, or black guy, I should say. Um, and you could see he was sitting there listening as the judge was getting ready to read each of the counts and his mouth literally was open. And as those, counts were read those charges and the you know guilty versus not guilty was actually read it was like oh my god is this really i mean i just became really emotional i was you know tearful and I, I still really haven't processed it but to be totally honest a part of me was almost not even expecting for it to turn out the way that it had because so many times before it had not. I'm a member of Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated. One of my sorority sisters is Trayvon Martin's mother. Mm. And I remember again where I was when that happened. And, you know, when I think of the countless number of men and women, young boys and girls that have been killed, it's like 
I'm grateful that that jury served justice on yesterday. But this is only just the beginning mm. because so many, I mean, they owe us like, like it's still surreal. So I, I was optimistic, you know, the, the faithful Christian in me, I was hopeful, but I also was, it's almost like I was preparing myself for the worst because. Why wouldn't you, right? Yeah. But you know, what was, was, was really interesting was to, to, to see the expression on that man's face. It was almost like he couldn't even believe like what he was hearing yeah. because he just, you know, he knew that like in the past. So, yeah, so that's my, um, and I, you know, I see George Floyd's his daughter, Gianna. It's just like the day that she said, you know, my daddy's going to change the world. Oh my God. Like what a price mm. to pay. <sighs> so yes, Aaron, that's. Well, thank you for sharing that. And I know that's hard and I'm sorry. Um, and you're right. It is a baby step. Hopefully it's an important baby step that does change the world. Yes. Um, but that's a very important context and a good reminder of why it's so hard, right? That why did we get here in the first place? But let's hope that this is a place where we can go forward and start the healing. Um, I think having Biden you know, around, not to make this political, but I felt like he had a lot of very important words to say afterward, which was so different than our previous administration who probably would have ignored this altogether. Um, but anyway, I, I do appreciate you being willing to do that because I know it's still kind of raw and um, recent, but I do want to shift gears a little bit because we do have so many positive, great things to share that come from your story and your background. So you mentioned you are a former collegiate athlete and you've combined this with your advocacy efforts, certainly being a, a survivor, having seen this happen to your mom and your sister and your sister's husband, you've used these skills along with your creativity and marketing talents to really fuel change in the oncology community, particularly the underserved, as we were talking about. Let's talk a little bit about sort of what's on your plate. We'll get to the podcast in a minute, so we won't spill the beans there. But, you know, what other things are you doing? You know, how has the, the pandemic impacted that over the last 15 years, locking people like us down so that we can't do our thing and be, you know, out traveling and amongst uh, the people that we're normally out amongst. So what's been on your docket? Oh my gosh. So um, to add one more note about the the verdict yesterday, you know, it was, it was just, it was truly historical to be in a car with my nephew because, you know, I, of course was married, divorced, of course, I never had kids of my own until I became the legal guardian of my nephew's son, as I call him. And after George Floyd's murder um last summer you know every time he's out because he's a skateboarder he's hanging out with his friends i'm i'm like just nervous you know live on miami beach and i'm like do not have your hoodie on and that whole thing so um to answer your question about what have i been doing like oh my god the first phase of the pandemic was like oh my god it's one thing like he's going to school and you know because i've always you know i work from home but i had to get used to him you know, coming downstairs wanting to play and putting on his shades. And I'm like, I'm working like, <laughs> and like having this, this teenager that seemed like he wanted to eat like every hour and <laughs> <laughs> thinking that every, every, um, 
hour of the day, every time he gets like, okay, shouldn't you be in class? So it it was, it's been really cool because we actually got to bond in a, in a totally different way because we spent, of course, more time together. But it also gave me time to, to grieve a little bit because I had not slowed down since my sister's death because I went, I transitioned right from, okay, now I'm this globetrotting, you know, single woman who now is responsible for a human. You know, I have to build upon the foundation that my, my sister and my brother-in-law laid for Jaden and everything was great. And then, you know, my mammogram is delayed by a month because I was in Orlando handling, you know, my sister's affairs and I get the diagnosis. And then, you know, the athlete in me is like, boom, boom, boom. Got my tribe of sorority sisters, my collegiate friends, family, family. And, you know, everything was like, this is the game plan, you know, going to have a double mastectomy, go through the chemo, all this stuff. And I was just constantly going, you know, I'd come up with the concepts for, you know, what was going to be next. And I was just on a mission, you know, from the day that I finished my, um, my second reconstructive surgery, I've just been on a mission, you know, making, to be a change driver in this, this, this breast cancer advocacy space. So I hadn't slowed down. In fact, um, I had just got back from, there's an on-air fest, which you actually would like if you're not familiar with, that takes place in Brooklyn. I had just got back from that. And the week prior, I was at a breast cancer um, fashion show put on by one of my podcast guests, um, Dana Donna, Donna of Ana Ono Intimates. And I was actually, literally, I had come home and the plan was to repack so that I would be in Austin for the 10 days for South by Southwest. And as you, I'm sure you were probably doing the same thing. I'm looking at the news and I'm like, wait a minute, what? You know, at first I was, I didn't think it was that serious. And I was so excited because the first weekend is actually the weekend that I would have met you because it's, that's, you know, the health. Um, and I was so excited because of some of the things that I was looking, some of the, the CMOs that I was looking forward to talking with. And then that's when just, it went crazy. So after getting used to like, okay, we're going to all kind of be like in this time out of sorts. It gave me time to just to step back and to really assess what had, ha- had happened to me over the last three years. Well, that wasn't the answer I was expecting, but I totally get you. And that makes sense. And I'm glad you were able to do that because like I said, I'm in the early stages of my grief process with my dad and it's hard, right? It's really hard and it hits you at weird times and places. I'm sad that we didn't get to meet in person, but I think the good news is we did get to meet because of South by Southwest. And that's worth mentioning. We did host some content uh, virtually and you attended it all and you reached out to me and I immediately knew that you were someone that I needed to talk to. And so I'm glad that we did that and that we got here. Related to that, I do want to talk about your podcast because again, I'm always um, interested and excited to talk to fellow podcasters. You created, and I, I haven't had a chance to listen to too many of the episodes, but I was listening to the trailer that you did and just what a natural you are. And so um, the name of your show, which you created is, and you're the host of, is The Breast Talk Ever. I think people can figure out why that was. 
And you mentioned it's the first entrepreneurship meets cancer survivor and advocacy podcast brand. So tell us a little bit about what the show is about beyond what I just mentioned. And then would also love to find out, you know, who some of your favorite guests have been, or maybe who you'd like to have on the show going forward. You know, I'm sure you had some targets and as we mentioned, COVID put a little bit of a a wrinkle in everyone's uh, long-term plans, right? Right. Right. Oh my gosh. Well, I'll say that I didn't anticipate that I would be answering the question the way that I did, but I'm, you know, like you said earlier, doing a podcast with another podcast, that gives you that, that sense of comfort. So I was being totally honest. This is where we get real, right? Yes. Yes. And I, I like to keep it 100, as we say. But um, yeah, so the breast talk ever, I actually um, landed on the idea while going through my treatments. And, you know, of course, being a caregiver twice with both my mother and my sister, I was really familiar with a lot of the side effects and the things that would happen. But it's totally different once you're, as I tell people, sitting in that chemo chair yourself. And so in the process of discovering, you know, looking, Googling, you know, talking to Dr. Google uh, and looking for um, remedies for the black fingernails caused by the chemo or, you know, what could I use on my hair? And just all those things that kind of come as a result of going through cancer, I started discovering um, survivors, entrepreneurial survivors who had actually created products. And you know, I've been a podcast adorer for many, many years. You know, Serial was the first podcast that I think I fell in love with. I love storytelling and I'm an NPR girl. I grew up, you know, listening to NPR. Didn't really understand why until, of course, you know, once I became a podcaster, why I liked it so much. But in the process of um, discovering Serial, NPR announced how I built this. And then, of course, I was hooked on how I built this. And so because I'm a pretty, pretty tough cookie and, you know, I, I'm known to be pretty strong. And as I often tell people, strong people get a bad rep because sometimes, you know, people think we're so strong, but we actually do crumble. But what you probably, I'm pretty sure, I think you're built the same way can relate to is like when strong people crumble, it's like, oh my God, it's like a hurricane or tornado, like, whoa. So because I didn't really want to burden my friends with my thoughts of like, oh, my God, I just lost my sister and, you know, triple negative breast cancer is super aggressive and it's really prevalent with African-American women and the chances of survival, you know, are are definitely not as great as they are for other um, ethnic groups. So I was dealing with all those things. And at the same time that I was looking for um, solutions to my needs, I was also listening to how I built this and I was like addicted. That was kind of like my therapy because at night I would just lose myself in these podcasts. And what I love about the, how I built this podcast is like God digs deep into the stories. It's not glossed over. And, you know, just like you basically got me to kind of shed a little layer of my emotions. God does the same thing. And it was like this place of refuge and solace for me. And in the process, I'm like, one day I was like, wait a minute. I did. I remember discovering, and of course I can't remember her name now. Chemo Brain is real, but she was an air guitarist. <laughs> are you familiar with um, Chemo Brain? I'm sure. I, of I know of it. Fortunately, I have not experienced it myself, but I, I know people that have talked right. about it. Yes. Right. But I discovered her and then I discovered Dana who created, you know, Ana Ono Intimates. And I'm like, wait a minute, are there enough Cause you know, then I go into marketing mode, like, wait a minute, are there enough of them that I could create a brand? 
because it wasn't so much, hey, I'm going to create a podcast, but it was really more about creating a brand. So I went into like brand mode and I'm like, oh my God. So as I started doing a little research, turns out that there were, because unfortunately, until we find a cure for cancer, there's going to always be entrepreneurial women and men who are creating um, amazing products and services. So that's what really triggered you know, my aha moment to create the Breast Talk Ever brand. And of course, I landed on the podcast, which is the first, as you mentioned, the first entrepreneurship meet cancer survivor brand that really was designed to, um, to be a platform for these other entrepreneurial survivors to showcase their products, but also to tell their stories. Because one of the things that I'm constantly, I say this probably 10 times a day, honestly, that there's a misconception. I think that, you know, when you look at social media, I think brands, pharma, advocates, patients, they think that they're talking to everyone. And I, I'm sure you know this because you, of course, deal with stats and numbers. But the reality is it's only a small percent of people that are actually on social media. So I knew that I wanted to create something that like a survivor or a caregiver or a brand who wants to kind of understand what patients go through, they could take a listen to my podcast and either be inspired or educated in a way that you're not going to get on just, you know, on Instagram or what have you, because the reality is most survivors are not even on social media. And I can speak from my experience. My mother, of course, you know, social media wasn't even around at that time, but my sister was super private. And I, I know so many other super successful entrepreneurial survivors, but they're not on social media, but they, they move on from their journey. So I took all those things into consideration and um, that's how I landed on the, the brand. And of course the podcast is part of that strategy. Well, thank you for sharing that. And I'm looking forward to listening more. And I do love it when people combine, you know, sort of those niche. Cause I think sometimes people, you're right. A, they assume that everyone's on social or that, you know, someone's already done this or they, they don't do research and find out like, what is my niche that I can speak to? Right. And it does feel like you've really found a great niche there. Um, I do want to move on to our last couple of questions, which are really about, you know, things that I've started to one, one I've had throughout the whole series, one I've started to ask during the pandemic. And that is the, if you had one wish and that could be anything you wanted, what would that be? That's a pretty big I would say I want to be here to raise my nephew so that I can see him as he goes through college, as he gets married, and as he does all the things that my mom, of course, got to see a, a, a piece of, but really to be here, to be here, to be his support. And then to also to have him be with me as I continue to do my part to be a change driver in this world and hopefully be a part of a team that helps find a cure for cancer. Well, I love that one. And that's a nice uh, little and big aspiration. And I think the first part is definitely achievable. So, um, you know, I think hopefully we can grant that wish to you. And I know all of us would like to see cancer wiped off the face of the earth. And um, my boss and, and our CEO, Jim Weiss, has been talking about how do we apply some of the things we learned in Operation Warp Speed during the pandemic and developing vaccines in record time to things like cancer, you know, solving cancer, uh, solving things like Alzheimer's and diabetes. So we're all pulling in the same direction on that front. So that's a good one. And then 
a little bit more lighthearted, or I hope it's more lighthearted, but I do like to find out what makes people tick. And that is the, you're on a proverbial deserted island and you are able to take one album with you. Which one would you choose? Oh my God, that's a tough one. Cause I, I love so many genres of music, but I guess I would probably say the best of Frankie Beverly and Maze. And that would be because, you know, there would be tracks on there that would, of course, make me think about my mother. There's dance tracks. There's songs that, you know, are romantic. And, you know, they're, of course, party tracks because I am a, <laughs> a a partier. I love to party. So I would definitely probably say the the best of Frankie Beverly and Mays. I love it. And no one has picked that in the 100 and almost 50 episodes we've done. So great choice. <laughs> With that, I will wrap up and I will say thank you, LaTanya. Uh, this is Aaron Strout, the CMO of Real Chemistry and host of the What's to Know podcast show. And you've listened to the amazing LaTanya Davis, who is a four-year triple negative breast cancer survivor. Uh, she is a giver back to the community person. Uh, she is the creator and host of The Breast Talk Ever, which you can find at thebreasttalkever.com and uh, really working hard to put good out into the world. So thank you, LaTanya. It's been a pleasure having you on the show. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure being with you. Want more episodes of What to Know? We post a new episode every Thursday. Subscribe on iTunes, the podcast app, the Stitcher app, or Spotify, and view the podcast page at whogroup.com slash whattoknow.com.